What is up, you beautiful human? Hello and welcome back to the Raw, Real and Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Beck Antonucci. It's been a little while since I've given you a life update, but guess what is happening this weekend in the world of Beck Antonucci? My parents, Pasco and Margaret Antonucci, are coming to Bali. I am so excited. I can't wait to pester the absolute shit out of them. I'm (laughs) fizzing. I'm so excited. We're going to have fun. I'm sure there'll be a great Antonucci drama, debacle, kind of something or other happening. I mean, it's it's the Antonucci's. It is the Antonucci's, but I'm going to keep you all entertained on my Instagram. So if you're not up to date with my Instagram stories, head over there because it's going to be a funny, funny, funny weekend. And I Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing them. Today's podcast episode is me finally out of the microwave. (laughs) Not saying that I won't get back in there, but for this week, I was definitely out of it. And on the other side of that breakdown into the massive breakthrough. And something that I really desire for you to sit with, for you to all sit with, is the question of what happens when you say yes to something that you are intrinsically a no to? And I'm going to give you the answer too. You get more of what you do not want. So today's podcast episode comes off the back of last week's episode. This is really me truly leaning into my desires, staying committed to what is really true to me, what is true to my heart, what sets my heart on fire. This is me living in alignment with my values. And this is me using the tools that work for me to really amplify and enhance my life. I know I've shared with you in the past how much I love to work with meditation, prayer, and then requesting a sign from God to support me on my path when I'm lacking, I don't even want to say belief, but lacking certainty in myself or the path that I'm meant to be walking and require the power outside of me to remind me of the power that exists within me to continue to nudge me on the path that I'm meant to be walking. And I share with you today how I implemented that. So you can literally hear the 360 turnaround from last week's breakdown into this week's breakthrough. And I would love for you to really get curious about what might open up within you if you were to lean into living a life committed to your desires what unique talents, what unique skills, what unique, like what is uniquely written on your soul that could come through you. You might be really pleasantly surprised. Like all of a sudden out of nowhere, I desire, I have a desire inside of me to write some kind of erotic novel. Now this has only shown itself to me literally in the past week from this experience. And so I would just love for you all to get curious if you're having, if you're currently in almost a mundane experience of life where life lacks flavor, where life lacks aliveness, where life lacks lit upness, where life lacks excitement, all of these things exist within you, but currently they might feel dull or dampened or suppressed. And it's you who is not giving permission to those parts. And there is something in the way of you being able to access them. If it lives inside of me and you're inspired by that, I'm telling you right now, it lives inside of you. And your life's path is to call that forward within yourself. My loves, if you love this episode, please screenshot it, share it to your story, tag me so that I can share it as well and so that I can connect with you. This is one hell of a solo episode. Strap yourself in. Let's fucking go. I am absolutely out of the microwave. 
And feeling really proud of myself for sharing last week's podcast episode. I know that I shared with you all that I was umming and ahhing about whether to really share the truth of that experience with you or not. And after one of the masterclasses that was run for True Transformation this morning, there was something that a woman in our group shared that reminded me why I fucking love and appreciate who I am and how authentically I share no matter what I'm navigating. One woman reflected back to the guest presenter and said, well, it's kind of easy for you. Look how brilliant you are. Look how fully self-accepting you are. You are. Look how beautiful you are. You've kind of, you've got it all together. And the facilitator turned around and was like, I'm on my self-acceptance right there with you, babe. And then in the comment section, I was like, and me fucking too. And another woman in the group turned around and was like, that's why I'm so drawn to Beck because as much as my mind likes to convince me into believing that everyone else on the internet has their shit together, Beck continuously reflects back the humanness of her experience. And that's constantly what I remind myself that I'm here to do, to break us free from these bullshit, I am not good enough, exactly as I am loops, and everyone else seems to have their shit together, and everyone else seems to be so successful, and everyone else seems to be in these happy, loving, fulfilling relationships, and everyone else seems to have the perfect body, or the perfect life, or the perfect living location, or even people telling me all the time, hey, it's so great to see you in Bali living your best life, Beck, and I'm like, Bitch, do you know how many fucking meltdowns I've been having in my best life here in Bali? It probably looks like I'm living my best life, even though I'm fucking sharing the tears online as well. So there's not even, because it's so out of integrity for me, if I don't post a photo of me smiling, it's because I'm not willing to put up a photo of me pretending to live my best life in Bali when I'm on a day where I feel like I'm not feeling my absolute best. Like I will never show up and fucking pretend to be something other than exactly what I am. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm telling you why because women come to me and they want confidence, right? The reason that I am so confident is because I'm willing to own all the parts of me. Now, when we're trying to hide parts of the self and then we put on an exterior and then we put on a act to pretend that we are okay or to pretend that we are confident, we then feel really fucking out of integrity with ourselves because we're like, well, I actually don't feel confident about these parts of myself, but I'm pretending to be confident so the rest of the world perceives me as confident. But if they really knew the truth, then they would know that I'm not confident. And now I feel unworthy, unlovable, not good enough because I am pretending. The greatest thing that you can do for yourself to start to embody deeper confidence is actually to really start to fucking own what's true for you. How would you do that? Well, the next time someone says to you, how are you going and you don't feel good, don't fucking turn around and say, good, you don't mean it. You don't mean it. Just turn around and say, actually, today's been a challenging day for me. Actually, I've had a really hard week. Actually, not feeling myself right now. Actually, feeling a little bit conflicted about my life and my life's past. That's how I'm feeling today. I bet if you were willing to be your authentic self and actually genuinely fucking communicate to someone in your coffee shop that asks you how you are, how are you good, instead of just being like, good, good, and then that just being your engagement, you turn around and say, hmm, actually, really hard week. I bet that person would turn around and say, oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. Did you want to talk about it? And if you wanted to talk about it, you could. Well, that person could at least acknowledge and validate you. And then you would feel some kind of sense of connection. And then because you realize that your authenticity created that deep sense of connection with another, you might start to create the neural pathway of belief that, whoa, 
me being my own authentically expressed self that communicates truthfully about the humanness of my experience actually creates the depth of the human experience that I'm yearning for. But my surface level, I'm good. I'm good. How's your day going? Great, great, great. Life's fucking shit, but I don't want anyone to know the truth. That's actually hindering you from the experience of life that you really, really crave. So I'm so proud of myself for sharing last week's podcast episode in the microwave, in the pain of my human experience, in my little girl, in my heartbreak, in my hurt. It was it was a really, really hard week. And I really feel like I called it forward into my life because I was so grabbing on and gripped onto the path, onto the past. It was like, it's like I had my nails still holding on to that prior version of me, that prior version of me that was in that relationship, that was living in Perth, that was doing that life. And every other part of me was pulling myself another way, but my nails are like, still hold on and do not fully let go. And to be quite honest with you all, I was terrified of having, of sleeping with someone else because sleeping with someone else would really be for me the forward step in actually really letting go of that relationship. And there was a part of me that felt so safe in the loyalty that we created and proud within the loyalty that myself and my past partner had created that I was like, whoa, this next act, like having sex with someone else is such a sever of that cord and a true letting go of him that it felt quite terrifying. And every time a situation or a scenario had presented, a man had presented, I was really clear with God about what I wanted, what I desired that interaction to be like, how it needed to feel for me, how I needed to feel valued by that other person, that I was very clear that it had to be a very empowering experience, a very liberating experience, a very nourishing experience, a very pleasurable experience. I was very clear that it could not be a bad experience and that a bad experience would put me even further into the depths of that breakup spiral that I was in. And it's funny, a lot of my girlfriends were like, Beck, you have got to accept that you're going to come across some bad sex now that you're single. And I was like, no, no fucking way. No, I know that some people think that. And I know that's what's happening in the dating world. And I know what my standards are. I know what my values are. I know what my desires are. I know the kind of man that I desire to attract. I know the kind of desire that I have for his sexual desires. And I know that I'm a no to anything that is not that. So I get to set the context enough from the outset to know that if that's not what's going to be happening for us, for me and him, whoever that him is, that I can set myself up for success in advance to know that I'm going to be a no to that. And my friends are like, you're dreaming. And I'm like, no, I'm very serious about this. I'm not letting just any motherfucker enter my beautiful, incredible body. And I'm healing my relationship with men, which means I need to be so fiercely in my values, in my standards, embodied in them to know that if I'm healing this relationship with men, like I shared last week, creating more, even if it's little t traumas around men, it's actually going to take me further away from what I actually most desire. I most desire committed, aligned, pleasurable, expansive partnership. I can't just be throwing my pussy out there and being like, well, that wasn't great. And now fuck, I'm mad at men. Like I'm no to doing that. I'm healing this and I'm also going to teach myself how committed I am to my yes, which means when something that is not my yes comes along my path but is kind of almost my yes, am I willing to be brave enough to be like, actually no, because you're kind of almost but not exactly what I desire. And so I've been 
going through this journey and I shared with you the wave that I was on and I really feel like that was the massive breakdown for the breakthrough on the other side. And I'm going to say that, yes, every single breakdown does come with breakthrough, but I don't want you to hear that from a place of, oh my God, should just constantly be setting myself up for these breakdowns so that I can have a breakthrough. I believe that, yes, massive breakthrough, massive massive expansion comes on the other side of breakdown. And my loves, you can receive breakthroughs through pleasure, through joy, through laughter, through just so many different vehicles than just breakdowns. We don't need to constantly be like, well, need to go and fuck myself so that I can expand. Yes, <laughs> when we're in our humanness and the breakdowns are happening, there is massive breakthrough on the side of all of that. And we don't need to further perpetuate more of that, thinking that, well, that's the only way that I can get breakthrough in this life. So if you listened to last week's episode, you'll know that I was really gripping on so, so, so tightly because it felt like this was the last sever of the last chord. And I've shared with you in the past, and I shared with you in my 10 lessons from podcasting, one of the tools that I actually work with to support me on my path. And so last week when that huge wave had hit me and I was thinking about moving forward and how it was about how it was to happen and who it was to happen with and what it was going to look like and what it was going to feel like and is it the right decision or should I have stayed with my past partner? Should I have tried to work it out? Is it the kind of intimacy that I desire with him actually possible? Would it have been possible for us? Did I leave too soon? All of those different questions that that's quite normal for any human to go through of like even women that are coming to me now that want to quit their job or leave their hometown or venture on the path less walk. There's so much, well, even once they do take the leap, even when it's so obvious as a witnesser that they want to take the, take the leap, once we do take the leap, once they do take the leap, they're like, was it really that bad? Did I really not like it? Should I just go back to my job? Was I really that unfulfilled? Maybe. And there's all these questions about maybe it wasn't as unhappy and unsatisfied as I convinced myself into believing. Maybe if I just did go back to where I came from, that I could just find my happiness there. All of us do this, whether it's career, whether it's a past relationship, whether it's leaving your hometown, whether it's me going to Bali, there's a part of our brain that's like, no, I'm sure if I took myself back to where I came from, I could definitely, even though I was so unhappy and not satisfied and I did not feel alive and I did not feel lit up in the inside, I'm sure if I went back, I could change it this time around. All of us do that. And so there was a part of me that really was like, come on back, please stop this wall within yourself. Come on back, please. Let's start walking forward. Come on back. You know, you know, you know, you know, you know. And there's a part of me that was so gripped on so tight and it really blew to the surface last week. And I was having all of these dreams. I think I shared with you in the podcast last week about it. And I used the tool that I've shared with you in prior podcasts when it is meditating, when I meditate and then I pray to God and I ask for a sign. And so last week in all of my pain and all of my wounds and all of my dysregulated nervous system, I lied in bed and I prayed and I meditated on the thought of my vision, what I really, really desire, you know, my committed aligned partnership, my pleasurable partnership, my wild sex this partner that I'm traveling the world with and impacting thousands of people together with, I visualize that. And then I always ask for a sign. I say, God, please send me a sign to remind me that I'm walking the right path. And I'm not attached to that sign. I'm not attached to what it looks like. I'm not attached to how I receive it. I just know that if I request from a pure intention and I desire to receive and I'm willing to be open to the receiving of that sign, 
that God will always gift that sign to me. And so I ask. And then the week goes. And yeah, it was a really hard week for me. Really hard. You heard the podcast. It was not fun. And then Friday comes and I go on this date with this man. And he's not my usual type at all. But I'm in this question of like, hold on, Rebecca, your type has not worked for you up until now. So maybe we need to try a different type. <laughs> Whenever I say this to, on Instagram, all the women are like, try a different type, babe, try a different type. So I was like, maybe a different type would be a good kind of type for me to explore with. So I go on this day and I liked the request because he invited me for coffee. I love a coffee date. I think a coffee date for a first date is a great date because if you meet that person, I mean, coffee is great no matter what. And if you meet that person, you're not really into them. You can end a coffee date after 30, I mean, you can end a coffee date whenever you want, but after 30 minutes, you can be like, thank you so much for your time. That was a beautiful coffee and see you later. If it's an amazing first date, you can stay for hours. I think our coffee date went for like three and a half. Now, this man was fun. He was funny. He was energetic. He had a great body. He was very into me. Like I could feel his attraction and his desire for me. And this is something that I have really been calling forward because a part of the wound of my little girl, especially in the breakdown of my past two relationships, knowing that they've both been sex and intimacy based and knowing where I've come from. Remember, I come from a disordered eating journey my, from the wound of rejection. So the rejection wound says, I'm not good enough exactly as I am to be loved as I am. And I must be more than what I am to be worthy of acceptance from the external world, from the girls who bullied me in school, from the boyfriends who hurt and harmed me or didn't choose me. That's her story. So that means from rejection, her story is, well, I must be prettier. I must be skinnier. I must be more successful. And if I could become more, then maybe I'd be worthy of more. And once I'm worthy of more, maybe I'll be loved more. That is such an easy place. I've done so much work around this and it is so easy for me to go there. So when I think about my past partner, like I shared with you last week, it's so easy for me to be like, oh, there's something wrong with me. I'm not I'm not pretty enough. I'm not blonde enough. I'm not tattooed enough. I'm not fake boobed enough. There's something about Beck that makes Beck bad that meant that our relationship had the uh, dynamic that existed for us. Is there's something wrong with me? And so obviously that's my work to do and it's so much less than what it used to be, but I can still hear that voice. It's kind of like if I'm ever, I'm doing air quotes right now for anyone that can't see me, if I'm ever rejected immediately, and you can ask yourself this, if your core wound is triggered, what is your first response? My first response, even though it's the dullest, most subtle voice, maybe it's 5% of what it used to be, but it's like, go on a diet. And I'm so aware of that voice. And that's because when the core wound is triggered, the ineffective pattern or behavior that you think will save you from the wound, that's going to rise to the surface because it thinks that's your protection. I know that a, diet, that a diet isn't going to protect me. I know that a diet is going to hurt and harm me. So I can hear the voice and say to myself, wow, if I think that I need to go on a diet, there is something going on in my world right now that I really, really get to look at. What part of me feels rejected right now because I get to go and nurture and nourish her? There is no way for my head to say, go on a diet, Rebecca, unless my rejection wound is being triggered. And that's something for you to all sit in. 
what do you believe your core wound is? And when the core wound is activated, what is the first thought that actually rises to the surface for you? And underneath that, how can you nourish yourself, that wound, and the age of you attached to that wound so that you can actually create space for the part of you that feels rejected? Like for me, it's the 14-year-old. Straight away, I can feel this box inside my chest and there's a 14-year-old sitting there. When she feels safe, she sits on the edge with her legs out and she's kind of like looking around. And if she feels really safe, she'll step out. If she feels scared, she'll sit in the box with her legs crossed, her arms crossed. She's all the way in the back of the box and the box is closed. And the box almost has bars on it, which reminds me of the bars that are around my high school from when I was 14. I had no one to sit with. I had no one to spend time with. No one liked me. And so I was sitting there looking at this school like, look at all these girls that just have friends and everyone fits in and I'm not okay. So when she feels not okay, she's in that box, in those bars, all the way to the back of the corner, and she's not coming out. And so my work when the rejection wound is triggered is to go back and nurture her because my 35-year-old is like, logically, I know I'm beautiful. Logically, I know I'm sexy. Logically, I know I'm successful. Logically, I know I have a great business. Logically, I know I have a loving family. Logically, I know I'm safe. Logically, I know lots of men desire me. And when the core wound is triggered and that little 14-year-old feels rejected, none of that means anything and none of that feels true for her. And none of that will ever be enough for her because in that mo- in those moments, she does not feel enough. And so knowing this, for me, as I'm on this healing journey and knowing how much I can so easily buy into the, well, it's something about Rebecca. Rebecca isn't beautiful enough. I said to myself, I desire to attract into my world men who are really attracted to me, like men who see my beauty, receive my beauty and will praise my beauty, but not in a not in a needy way. I think there's something, and that is something that I loved about my last partner. He was soft without being needy. And so I desire a man that is really embodied in his appreciation for women and desire for women without it feeling needy or graspy or grabby. And for the women listening, I feel like you really know. And so we go on this coffee date. I feel really desired. I can feel his attraction to me. I can feel his appreciation for my beauty. His compliments don't feel needy or graspy. And I'm like, this man sees, like I can tell that he sees and feels how beautiful I am and that there is turn on and desire there for him. And he was actually really beautiful in his physical touch as well. It was light, but it was gentle and it was kind of sexy. I was like, this man is not my usual type. But I feel, I intuitively feel that if I was to give this man an opportunity to touch me properly, he would know exactly what to do. And anyway, we have a nice time. We had a nice coffee day. I think we went for a big, long beach walk and it was beautiful. And I thought to myself, I don't know. I don't know. He is not my type. I don't know if I'm ready. I'm just like, and all my girlfriends for like weeks are like, come on back. Let's cut this cord. Let's cut this cord. Let's cut this cord. And I was just still sitting in the confusion of like, do I really want to cut the tie between me and my past? And so knowing that I had meditated and I had prayed and I had asked God for a sign and God, whenever I ask God for a sign, God always follows up with one. So I'm like, God will send me a sign when I'm meant to receive my sign. And so I go out for dinner that night on my own. I go have this place in Bali that's my favorite wine and dine. And I'm sitting there. And all of a sudden, this man sits down next to me. 
And we end up having this really great chat. He has a partner. She's on a fitness retreat over in Uluwatu. And he just starts asking about my life, about my work. And then we get into relationships and I tell him all about what's going on for me. And he sits there and he looks at me and he goes, I really don't want to overstep the line, but I'd love to say something to you. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I would love to hear what you have to say. He goes, I really feel for you, Beck, that you're actually really ready and that you're holding on to your ex because you feel safe there. I feel like you really know that it's not him. And he was like, show me a photo about this. Oh, show me a photo of this guy from today. And I showed him. He was like, come on, Beck. Let's rip the band aid. It's time. You're going to go and see him. And so I was sitting there like, I'm literally, I feel like I've got like a football coach in my corner, pep talking me, but like pep talking me through this breakup because he was like, when was your breakup? I'm like, well, fuck, I heard the call on the fucking plane from Europe last year, but then we were moving in together and then we kind of had a breakup then. And then we fucking, then it was April. Then he came to Bali and then we were trying to work it out. And then like, and now it was September. He was like, Beck, rip the motherfucking bandaid. So I'm like, okay, this is happening. And in that moment, my date from that day had messaged me saying, I'd love to spend more time with you. And I was just like sitting there finishing my last red wine. I think I only have two. I mean, I'm not a big drinker. And I'm sitting there thinking about, do I really want to do this? Am I actually really ready? And I've got my friend next to me. I think his his name was Daniel. He's like, I feel like you can do this. You've got this, Rebecca. I'm like, I think that was my sign from God to give me the permission that I needed to hear from someone else to cut this cord so that I can actually move forward. And so I ordered my Gojek and I went there and we had a really amazing night. And this man was really, you know, I think the the confirmation for me was when he walked downstairs to meet me. Number one, the validation of how beautiful he found me. And I felt received. I think this is something that can't be taught, but it's just so feeling based that you can tell someone that you find them beautiful. And it's just like a compliment. And then someone can receive your appreciation for their beauty and for their beauty and how much you feel their beauty and are admiring their beauty that that can't be taught. It's such a, and I feel that this is something that I can't communicate properly. And I know that the women listening are going to understand there's a depth to this life that we crave. There is a depth to this life that we crave that can't be spoken. It is only felt. And you can't teach that to someone either. Like the the feeling that this man had for me, this uh, it, it was energetic. It wasn't in how he, it, it, it wasn't in how he said it, but it was in It wasn't in what he said, but it was in how he said it that made me feel like, oh, this is, I am, it's not even me. It's not, it's so hard to describe. It's not a surface level thing of like, oh yeah, you're hot and I want to fuck you. It's a feeling. It's a depth. It's a, oh, and I know, I know for the women listening, we are craving this. And the, the real thing that sealed the deal for me in terms of me being a yes was he asked me during the day multiple times what my favorite food was. And every single time I was like, my favorite food is chocolate. And I think I was telling him how much I love uh, Indonesian Kit Kats. And before we went upstairs, 
he grabbed my hand. He was like, we have to go and get you chocolate. And I was like, oh, I don't want any chocolate. I've just had dinner. I don't need any chocolate. I'm not hungry. And he grabs my hand and he stops and looks at me and he was like, no, Rebecca, we have to go and get you what you desire. I want to see you in your pleasure. And I was like, oh my God, this is what I have been craving. This is what I have been yearning for. This is what I am calling into my life. A man who receives pleasure from the pleasing of me. I mean, you've heard me say this in previous podcasts. I am so clear about what I am a yes to, so clear. And even, you know, over the past few months, there's been a part of me that's like, am I repelling men? Am I, or is it that I'm unhealthily attached to my ex? Because at the last moment, I'll have this beautiful man come into my world and I'll just be like, no, there's just like a part of my body that's like, you're a no to that person. And I'll be like, I don't even know what my reason is, but I'm a no. And even my girlfriends have been like, come on back, just cut the motherfucking cord. But on reflection of how beautiful this experience was for me and how much it reflected, it was such a acknowledgement from God of like, yes, you know what you're a yes to and this is what you're here for and you know the desires that you have and you know what it's meant to feel like and you know how it feels in your body and you know how expansive it can be and you know how effortless it can be and you know what sexual expression, really your authentic expression is sexual expression, you know what that feels like for you. You're a no to anything else that is not that. So when I've been thinking about the men that have come in whether I have said no to them or energetically I have repelled them, I've realized upon reflection I was never going to have that experience with them and God knew that I was a no to anything that was not that experience. And so as you're listening to this, what I really desire for you to hear is everything that occurred to create that moment for myself and what I am a commitment to and what that requires It requires you, it requires me to be willing to face off with our personality, our personality self, our little girl, our wounds, our insecurities, when we're a no or someone else is a no to us. And it's because we've made a commitment with God or whoever you believe in about what we're a yes to. You have got to understand that anything that is not matching your yes has got to be a no. Now, now our smaller selves or our personality could be like, well, that's rejection, or that means I'm not good enough, or there's something wrong with me. But when you're really clear, let me say this loud and clear, when you are really clear, really clear, really clear, really clear about what you are a yes to, you have got to ask yourself, what would it mean if I was to lessen my standards a little bit and go for what I'm kind of a yes to, but not fully a yes to? What is that saying about my belief in self? my belief in the path that I'm walking, my belief in my desires, and my belief in what I'm calling in. What the fuck is that saying? It's saying, well, I know what I want, but um, if kind of it comes, I'll settle. Well, what does settling do? Settling creates more of the experience of you settling. What does tolerating create? More of the experience of you being dissatisfied in your life. So are you actually going to lower the bar a little bit? Are you or are you willing to hold the line, wait, continuously be a no to what you're a no to, knowing that the more that you say no to what is not meant for you, the more that you are clearing the path for what you're a yes to to be fucking revealed. This this experience for me was like, oh my God, Rebecca, yes, thank you, motherfucking 
Jesus Christ himself, herself, yes to your commitment to what you say that you desire. Like every single part of it, except for the fact that he's not my type, but I was never clear that I never said that I don't want to not attract my type in. I just knew what I wanted it to feel like. I knew what I wanted it to feel like. So when you're thinking about your desires right now, I would love for you to start to think about what do your desires feel like for you? For me, it was like passion, intensity, chemistry, like that, like, oh, that depth of like, this is, this is not a thought process. This is getting me out of my thinking mind. I cognitively cannot feel these. Yeah, I can, I cognitively cannot think my way to these feelings. It is in my body. It is pleasure. It is so natural. It's just like, oh, I said to my nervous system mentor the other day, I was like, oh my God, Carrie, I feel like I've awakened this part of me that has been asleep for like three and a half fucking years of like this part of my favorite element of my my self-expression, my sexual expression. She's been like in this box, hidden away, feeling not safe to come out, not safe to be her fully expressed self. Not her, My desires just didn't feel safe to be seen. They didn't feel welcomed. And I feel in the right dynamic and someone really matching the frequency of what you desire. It's okay for someone to be like, yeah, I, I want your desires to be here because that's what a good relationship does and I value your desires because I want to be a good partner. That's one thing and I think it's great. Some men are like that and some women would love their men to be like that. But for me, I'm like, no, I desire a man who's like, I desire your fucking desires. I desire to create the safety for you that your desires can be revealed for me. That to me is like, oh, this is what I'm here for. And anything less than that, anything, anything less than that, I know wholeheartedly I'm a motherfucking no to. And God knows that I'm a no to it too. And so I'm so open. God can keep sending me little tests. Like, you sure you're a no to this, Rebecca? You sure you're committed to your vision, Rebecca? Let me just throw this your way. Let me just throw this your way. Let me just throw this your way. But I'm declaring to you right now, I know that I'm going to stay committed to my past. I know I'm going to stay committed to my vision. And I know on the other side of this, there's going to be so much beauty. Like, I'm so excited for my partner and to love him and for him to love me and for the passion and the intimacy and the depth that we are going to experience together. I am so excited for it. And I, the reason that I know that it's going to happen, the reason that this belief is so instilled in, within me is because I know, number one, on the other side of every breakdown is massive breakthrough. Number two, I know that the greatest pains in my life have created the most massive expansion, growth, and transformation for me ever possible. And number three, my commitment can only create that. My commitment can only be, only create that. And my commitment can only be matched by that too. So for any woman that is listening right now, I would love for you to get curious about what it is that you're a commitment to. I would love for you to get curious about what it is that you desire, like the unspoken dreams that you have for your life that you've never really shared with anyone. I would love for you to get really honest with yourself about what sexual expression really looks and feels like for you. I would love for you to think about the fantasies that you have that you have that you've never told anyone, whether it's sexual or just for your your life. So many of us are walking around with these untold, unspoken dreams inside of us, 
And I feel we get to bring them alive. We get to awaken them within them within ourselves. I love, and to really wrap this up with a ribbon, I love creative writing. I have loved it since I was a little girl. I'm a very good writer. It is me in my authentic expression. And after this experience last week, I wrote about it and I shared it online. And it is one of my most liked and shared posts of this past year. And as I, and so many women have written back to me to say, I hope you become an erotic novelist. And as I was thinking about this, I thought to myself, I would fucking absolutely love that. Like that is to be a writer, to write erotic fiction. (laughs) I'm like, why is nonfiction true and not, no, erotic nonfiction. I want to write erotic truth, whatever the fuck that is. I'm like, why is nonfiction true and fiction not true? Should be nonfiction is not true and fiction is true uh, and whatever it is. This has awakened a part of my self-expression. It's like unlocked a part of me that says, I desire to write, write more, it might turn on my creativity. I fucking love sex. Maybe a part of my soul signature is to be an erotic novelist. Maybe that is a part of my dream for this lifetime. And so by me staying committed to my vision, living in commitment to my vision, more of my vision is revealing itself to me. It's like comedy. I'm so fucking funny and so fucking entertaining. And the thing that I do on my social media that I get praise and acknowledged for every single day is the humor that I share with the world. That's actually a unique part of my soul signature. So I would love for you to tune into like that feels so purposeful. It feels so impactful. It feels so authentic. It feels so meaningful. It just feels like me being fully me. Me being like fucking Beck Antonucci who one day can be crying and the next day being liberated. That's so my unique soul signature, just an authentic expression of who I am. I love that about myself. So as you listen to this episode today and you're thinking about your desires, you're thinking about your dreams, you're thinking about your fantasies, I would love for you to think about if you were to give permission to these parts of you that maybe you've suppressed and pushed away, like my sexual expression the past three and a half years, imagine, imagine what could be awakened on the other side of you giving yourself permission to really live a life that's in alignment with your desires. My loves, I feel so complete in the sharing of that episode. I really hope that it has sparked something within you, even if it's just thought-provoking alone at this point, to start opening your mind to a new way of being, a new way of living, a new way of feeling, a new way of fucking, a new way of experiencing the world. For me, just seeing women break out of this kind of box that we've all been put in of like, well, this is how my life's meant to be and this is how my life's meant to be lived and you're meant to go to high school and once you finish high school go to uni and once you finish uni you get a job you I mean you have you and you have your degree you're meant to get a job with that degree and then you find a partner and then you and your partner get engaged and then you and your partner build a house and you and your partner get married and then you and your partner have two kids and that's just meant to be your life and you should just be happy with that and so if you're not happy with that let's fucking do something about it let's fucking do something about it my loves if you loved this episode please screenshot it, share it to your story, tag me so that I can connect with you and share it as well. I love being in your ears every single week. Have the most beautiful, brilliant day. I will see you next week. Let's fucking go. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you're desiring more from me right now, 
Firstly, I love your eagerness. And secondly, let's make it happen. Check out the link in my show notes where you can receive more information on my books, breakthroughs, online webinars, all upcoming courses and programs, and how you can get started on your journey within my world today. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week. And trust me, you won't want to miss this episode.